Blog Talk Radio. Wakusu, Wakusu, wake up, clean up, stand up. All powers to oppressed people. African power to an African people and black power. It's your brother, Yang and Krumah, coming to you again on another Tuesday, man. I'm waiting for my man, Shaka, uh, to jump in here with me. Coming to you on Let's Talk About It, the spirit of revolution, the spirit of resistance. And let me tell you why I'm excited about this particular show, why I am so amped up as being a student of resistance and revolution, being one who is a staunch proponent of our advancement as a people by any and every means and ways that that can be uh, obtained to have such profound guests on the show with us tonight, to be able to really go into that thing, man. A lot of us, um, and no disrespect to our sincere earnest efforts at trying to get some things accomplished, but a lot of us are really just fumbling and groping, groping in the dark. So to have these uh, people, Shaka, there he goes. What's going on, brother? Hey, Wakusu, brother, what's good, man? We out here. Wakusu, man, what's good, I'm, man? I'm trying to link this video so we can have people tune in with uh, Facebook Live as well as tune in our radio. So there'll be a little back and forth. Okay. Like all synced up. Oh, indeed, indeed. I remember one time but we were speaking here, about though. doing I'm that. Here, I'm here. Okay, excellent, man. I was just going into a little bit of, man, why I'm so excited about our show and having and the guests that we have on our show to be able to, and I was just saying it's not as a disc. I definitely not, I'm not one to disrespect the brothers and sisters, sincere, earnest efforts to really advance our cause. But, you know, I don't care how, what's the old saying? Um, Hell is paved with the sincerest intentions. So a lot of times, I don't care how sincere our intentions are, if we don't have right and exact knowledge, if we don't have the facts of what we're fighting about, what we're fighting for, and how, and some of the ways to engage in our struggle, some tried and proven methods and some ways that have been tried and proven that aren't, you know, um, as as, uh, successful as we'd like them to be, but to be able to have the truth of it. So with all of that being said, man, I don't want to prolong that. I just want to go into a little introduction. And then as I guess themselves, we'll give them an opportunity to introduce themselves. But we have, you know, like uh, preferably I haven't checked yet, but the brother Hank Jones on. 
the brother Walter Watson, the brother G2 Sindiki, the brother um, Shabaka G, G Jaga. So, I mean, and this, and then I'm, I'm thinking my Abu should be attending the member Chairman Kaha. So, just, um, right. you know, our lineup is here. So, they're again putting it out, man. Let's talk about it. This is the time I've blasted it. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you want to learn, if you want to get to the nitty gritty, this is where you should be. If you're here and your partner's on here, man, you're doing them a disservice. You better call them and tell them this is where it's at right now. This is the hot spot. Man, yo, what's up, man? I'll let you open it up. What do you want to say about this day? Hey, man. Because you know, I know your live was, was real related yeah, yeah, to it. My, my live earlier today, and I've really been on it for the last week or so, is really to document the history of struggles. You see what I'm saying? Because we got a history of, of well, I can, there's a period now where there's a conservative effort by whites and some misguided Africans to disregard the period of captured servitude, uh, you know, the period they call slavery, in which not only were we enslaved, but we put up resistance. And that resistance became the spark that led to the fire that led to all the greats who have paved the way for us to be free. And so I really was on it like, yo, this is Black August. You know, I don't. We're not talking about this entire legacy. We're just pointing out a few individual things, and I wanted to sum it all up, and I wanted to bring it all together. So that's when I had reached out to the elders, and they was more than willing to get on and help us bring this together, man, into one thing. Because I just feel like when we leave in Black August, we have to leave with a commitment to struggle, a commitment to African liberation, not just the feel good, but a serious get down commitment. Because right after August and September, that's Attica. That's a whole other story. Well, let's then, let's do that, man. Let's open it up. Let's um. And if you're one of the guests, one of the panelists, please press one so I can recognize you. We can open up your mics and have you to be able to freely engage in the uh, dialogue. And if you're a listener and you hear something that sparks your interest or something you want to comment on, a question you may want to ask, please, man. You know this is our forum. Press one. We're going to open that thing up and let you have uh, your say. But let's open it up. Um, and I don't know right, right. exactly whose mic is open, 301-3398, but I'd like to ask some of the elders. And let's just ask the hot topic. What is the take, my opinion, and I do want to go in Black August, and we can tie this into the spirits of resistance, but just generally everything that's going on, the climate now in America, the upheaval, uh, the current event with the ah, man, and pardon me, I forget. I've been called to forget the brother's name, but it went in Wisconsin. This incident, you know, what's the general take of the uh, of the attitude, the sentiment, and the environment? Well, my name is Suja Graham. I'm a death row survivor. I'm out of California. I'm one of the founders of Black Augers, and it's just an honor and privilege for me to be here with you, brothers. But before I start, I would just like to start off by recognizing those brothers that made it possible and the reason for Black August to be created. And it was created to recognize those brothers who had made the supreme sacrifice in the name of the movement after W.L. Nolan and George Jackson was killed. And some of those brothers is people like the San Coin the Six, the Solid Dad Seven, brothers that you'll know, hear about later on in your audience. 
and also those brothers who served in the Black Panther Party that also made it possible that gave their lives, and the brothers who struggled in the BLA, the offshoots of the Black Panther Party, and the Attica Rebellion, the brothers from Walla Walla. This was what made Black August possible. I was born and raised in a little small town called Lake Providence, Louisiana. I left the South at an early age and moved to South Central Los Angeles. My whole life has been a life of resistance. I grew up in, 19, in 1965 in the Watts Riot. I was a little boy in middle school. And what was the Watts Riot about? Polish brutality, white racism, and oppression. What was rebellion? represented at that particular time, our high stage to get from under intolerable oppression, which is going on today. That's why it's so systemic. At the age, I didn't even know how to really read or write, but I understood what justifiable homicide meant, a white police killing another black in the ghettos of South Central Los Angeles. So I went in and out of jail at an early age, and then when I went to jail for my last time, I joined the movement. I was fortunate to hook up with a 45-year-old man named Yasin Mohammed. I was 18 years old. And, that, and for many years during the Panther Party, many of these brothers tried to reach me and educate me. But it wasn't until I was 18 years old and went off to prison for my last time. A man named Yasin Mohammed, I gave him a listening ear. And he educated me about the knowledge of the black man. He, he said, brother, you need to read and understand black history. I said, brother, I don't want to read Western civilization. He said, that's their story, brother. He said, read history and you're going to understand the present. From that day on, I never looked back. I joined the prison movement. I was in, I was in Chino prison when W.L. Nolan was killed. That was the beginning of a movement then. In 1973, I had been in the movement for three years. The call went out after George Jackson was killed in 1971, August the 21st. The call was put out for volunteers to stand up to bring pressure off the San Quentin Six. Many people had the okay. opportunity to, to, to stand up. On November the 27th, myself and Eugene Allen stood up. And if I had a clue on for the next seven years what I was going to have to experience as a black man, I'd have made them kill me that particular day. To make a long story short, I experienced four long trials. I was convicted in my second trial and sentenced to die December the 8th at San Quentin and to gas penetrate upon my personhood. After being on San Quentin's death row for three and a half years, the Supreme Court overturned my conviction because they systematically excluded all African Americans off the jury. I understood fully why I was being prosecuted because I was a rebellious black man, standing up for the lies and that had been committed against black peoples in prison. So I want you would think because the Supreme Court overturned my conviction, that's why I would say the courts declare laws, but it is up to us to put teeth in it. You would think I would get a jury of my peers. To make a long story short, my third trial was all white. The jury couldn't determine my guilt or innocence. I had been fighting this case for seven years, and that was there in my fourth trial. The jury found me not guilty, and I was released from prison. And I made a commitment to the prisoners at that particular time. And how Black August started, just like I'm talking to you all tonight, it started by us telling stories during the month of August on the exercise yard in San Quentin. If any of you all have seen a picture with Katara Jeffrey Gall and one of my best friends, 
a man named Martha Holly. We all in that picture together. That was the beginning and the birth of Black August. Each and every month during August, we used to get together with the Muslim brothers and just tell simple stories. We would pick someone in the prison movement. My favorite was always to tell a story about Hugo Pinnell, who was part of that movement all the way back into 68. So I used to like to tell the story of that brother. It was just not one or two of them. And it wasn't a lot of us at that particular time that answered the call. And as a consequence of people like myself, Herb Gibson, those brothers who answered the call, Willie Bell. So that was the purpose of Black August. And then when I was yes, released sir. from prison, that's when the Black August organizing committee started. It was started by a Marxist. His name was Martha Holly. He started, we woke up one morning, he said, Sue we got to start the Black August organizing committee. It's from slavery to communism, you see on the front. And he started, he attached a 10-point platform of the Black Panther Party, which would be temporarily till we analyze things and see what we wanted our ideological line to be. And it was about self-determination, the right to determine your own destiny, politically, economically, socially, and culturally. So we all agreed on that temporarily. And as we began to organize ourselves, it's one thing that brought back August to the attention of the peoples in society. It was because of Martha Holly, a young black man, again, we're dealing with police brutality. A young black man in, in Berkeley, California, went into a drugstore and stole a bottle of acid. He was shot in the back and killed. Martha Holly came home and said, Suja, we got some good politics. We got to go out. He said, I said, what? He said, we got to protest. And that's the last thing I would think lump is, you know, we as prisoners will get out and hold up picket lines, right? But fortunately, mm-hmm. it was influential enough to get us to go out on that picket line. And when we began to organize the community on that picket line, the press began to print about black office, saying that it was the offspring of the black gorilla family, and we were trying to get our act together and represent a, the, the move from a criminal mentality to a political mentality. And they stigmatized each and every one of us. We never got credit for participating. What we had to what us going to prison and being criminals or whatever in our past had to do with the murder of that black man. So today, brother, right. we are still confronted with the same thing. So let's do it in the spirit of Black August. And I think I talked a little too much, but I, I got the rolling brush because it's really hard to <laughs> okay. talk me into doing this. And, you know, when I get to yes, talking sir. to yes. you all, I can remember like yesterday when I was sentenced yes, to die. And it's not something that you easily forget. It's like they're telling you right. you're not fit to live. But I was a strong black man, and when they sentenced me to die, all I talked about they said, Mr. Graham, you have anything to say? I said, you damn right I had something to say. And all I talked about was the life of W.L. Nolan and all the prisoners. And you can read my transcript when I was sentenced to die. And I told them, I said, when you all start having forgiveness and understanding towards the black people and men that you have killed in this prison over the years, I start having regrets about the prison guard have been assassinated over the years of time. And my last word, I said, long live the gorilla and went on to death row. I had been beaten many times in prison. But when I got to death row, I was beaten twice in two hours, bro. They sent me down to the gas chamber and said, nigga, this is where you're going to go. Your co-defendant, Legene Allen, going to be in A and you're going to be in B. And you're going to sit over in the green room for 18 hours. That's the psychological torture that they left me with. Mm. Well, man, well, Baba, you know, as a young brother in the struggle, man, we are we are honored to to be here. We're honored by the work that you and many others have done before us. 
And one of the reasons we had this show is because as young men and women, brothers and sisters, we feel that it's important to hear your story so we can really understand our place in this struggle. And, again, we we thank you, brother. We thank you. Thank you all for having me. Man. Man, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm left speechless. You know, I'm left speechless. Yeah. But I am um, – yeah, yeah. Bro, I've been really, years old. My first day, I'm more determined than ever before. And the greatest sensation of our God, and they say the millennium race, our generation was a dead generation, but it's been so good to see us stand up and rebel the righteous in the nation against the oppression and systemic racism that's going on in America today. We haven't dealt with it because what? We've been in denial, and that's a heartbeat of racism. Instead, we start dealing with it and having these conversations, it can continue to exist. 87% of Republican people thinking about if there's no racism in America, we'll never be able to deal with it as long as you're in denial. That's right. So, That's right. so I'm really sorry. It's all right. I, no, absolutely. Well, listen, I, I, our phone lines are open, and I, you know, I've opened the mics. Um, and your mics are open. You, you, you know, brothers, you see the energy you, you brothers are coming on. So, I mean, and it's, and it's real, man. That is so heartfelt. Um, I just want to say, too, before I jump in, one of the things that really touched me was on the simplicity and um, just really the the basic uh, concept of what Black August was started on, you know, just how inspirational and having been behind enemy lines, not to the degree, psychological torture, or to the years and lengths that some of our comrades have been on, but having been behind enemy lines and calling myself a political prisoner because I believe that the social, social, cultural climates and conditions created by this system uh, encourages uh, criminality and encourages things. We're political prisoners based on that. So having been a political prisoner based on the injustice of society and the few choices I felt like offered to inspiring black men and women, I, I was unfortunate enough to have to spend those times behind enemy lines, fortunate enough to find myself there. Um, and so I know just that thing of sitting around and discussing black heroes, you know what I'm saying, and sheroes, and people who did it and sacrificed and made those sacrifices, how inspiring and motivating that can be when you're in the belly of the beast like shit, you know? Yo, but I might start open, please. Um, and I don't know exactly which which elder which we call them OGs, which OG we have on, but please, brothers, um, say, say something. Okay, this hey, this is, is uh, GT. Go ahead, Paul. But just, just know G, um, uh, me and Harold, excuse me, me and Hank Jones is on the line together. So yeah. okay. Paul, go yes, ahead. Sir. We, we follow you. How are you doing, brother? Man, I'm well, man, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm great today, man. I'm so honored. Yeah. To have such a high power panel, man, I'm just tickled. <laughs> really. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm and I, I, uh, uh, I was thinking about uh, when you say let's talk about it, <laughs> it's really something to talk about, but it's really something to be about. You right. know, because we've been talking, <clears throat> we've been talking for, we've been talking for a long time. One of our problems that I see, the last tactician. The last tactician that I can remember and the theoretician combined was George Jackson. Okay, when when I, I met this brother in Solidarity Central, uh, because of the shooting of brothers in, in Central. 
They killed him, brother W. L. Nolan, uh, Lil Jug, and Cleve Edwards. You know when when this happened, I came I came to prison at the age of probably about eighteen. Yes, sir. And that that, that was the thing they were trying to deal with in terms of changing our name from Negro to colored <laughs> black. And the political or uh, some of the uh, the revolutionary philosophy was um, being a nationalist, uh, a culture nationalist, a black nationalist, and you know coming uh, coming out the hood at age eighteen, young and wild. I came out of gang banging the prison. Came out of a a, a neighborhood they called Slauson Village, and I, I'm very grateful to Slauson Village today. For the strength that it gave me, and that's one of the best things that Slauson Village ever gave me for strength. And I wouldn't have had that mm-hmm. strength if it had not been for them. So when I came to prison, we were still gangbanging. And at the time that those brothers got killed over there, <clears throat> me and, me and uh, uh, Cleve Evans, we were in juvenile hall together. And a lot of them brothers, we were in jail together, so in juvenile hall and all the way through prison. And I didn't come to prison as a, I didn't know nothing about all they were talking about. I didn't even care anything about that. Because I'm gangbanging, I'm from Slauson, this is Los Angeles, this is black, and I didn't want to hear no more. I'm not going to follow no communism, uh, which guys was trying to get me to understand. And I wasn't going to follow no white boy, no web, no Karl Marx, no Lenin, no none of them. So, when these brothers get killed, you know, a lot of guys from Central were sending word to Norm saying, hey, man, you brothers, uh, hold down, don't do nothing. But my opinion was, look, man, them brothers over there in Central, they need to run Central. They can't run North. And, you know, there was so many of us there from L.A. It was just so, so anyway... The thing was, I, I I never wanted to understand any of that. The girl changing the name—that's when it really started. I think it was maybe sixty-six, sixty-seven, or somewhere along that line. So, I got to meet Yogi. I used to talk to Yogi every day. We was an old wing together. I got to meet Whiteside. I didn't get to meet W.L. But um, the thing was, it's a lot of them brothers that we have forgotten. We haven't forgotten them, that nobody does anything from uh, William McClain. Um, uh, uh, what's the brother in, in, in the whole? Rochelle McGee, William Christmas. William Christmas, Jane McClain, they died in the, they died in Moran County. But there are some people that we left behind, and I just don't think after 50 years that is right. Because they gave up something that they believed in. If I would have died, I wouldn't have been giving up nothing that I believed in in terms of political philosophy. I was there because they were black. That's it. Later mm-hmm. on, I became, you know, in talking to people, I began to accept and begin to see what the difference would be. You know, but, you 
you know, so I accepted, I accepted that. But I, I, you know, I use the word comrade now, but I really don't like that word because that's that's uh, that's a communist. It's kind of like a communist thing to me, and I really don't like it. But mm-hmm. with George, with George and Yogi, Whiteside, Howard Tobe, uh, Jeffro Jeff, they, uh, uh, what Big Jake Lewis, somebody, come on, all them brothers gave us youngsters. Teenagers, man, they gave us strength. That's what they gave me. The strength to carry mm. on. Hey, Amen. Bye, this is going to have to be strong. You straighten our backs up. Looking, huh? Gave us strength to straighten our backs up. Yes, sir, because, I mean, without them guys, man, I wouldn't even be living today. And I, I just feel right. so bad that if we Amen. people, we got, when we got out of prison, man, we didn't have nothing. I didn't have anything going for me. I was in the street. So when I got out of prison, it wasn't no revolutionary army there. So when I got out of prison, you know, you got to pay rent. You got to pay bills. So what did I have to do? I had to get back in the street. And I was so hurt that if what I gave up, that I gave up, and, and under and now under the revolutionary concept that... It wasn't there for me. So I went back to the streets. You know, and when you go back to the streets, you know what happened with that. So what I'm saying today is we need something, uh, somebody. We need some kind of head to this thing to organize. I mean, it seems like to me that the um, August 21st, what they call back August, Younger got killed August the seventh, brother. Comrade got killed August twenty first. Okay, a lot of people, a lot of things happened in August. The movement about uh, uh, Rochelle and and with Payne and William Cooper that was all in August. So, you know, after being back in prison, I'm hearing about the Black August, about the Black August movement, but I don't know what it is. But, but my point is, sure, and then Yogi, hey man. Yogi was a soldier to the last minute. But, yeah, people, that. but you know, and, 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 and some people would try to say, hey, man, next to George and all of y'all and mother brothers passed, Yogi was right there. Yogi top top flight soldier. That was Doc Holliday. That, hey, man. You know, mm-hmm. so, so we, we tend to forget these people. And a lot of us are locked up. We get old. And so... What do we leave? If you don't leave no legacy, you're not leaving anything for those coming behind you. And I think what Comrade and them did, the legacy they left, they gave us something. Amen. Even today, I depend on that information and and that knowledge. But that knowledge and that information is what helped me to be the person I am today. So I'm saying this. We need Mm. to leave need to get together, man. We talk about a lot of things. But in my opinion, from what I can see, we're not organized to the point where we need to be doing something. Sure, we need to talk to get this thing together. I mean, we need to cap this. The talking everybody needs to be doing whatever it is that they are designated to do. Everybody ain't gonna be no soldier. You're gonna have to have people that's writers and all that kind of thing to trying to do what we need to do. But and I don't think, from what I've heard, that 
I know I know that brother Jitu is there in L.A., and I know that there's a lot of problems. There are some people that are trying to actually take that concept away from what I understand. But how can you take that away from the creators? So now everybody, now we done all this up under the rug, and there's somebody else is taking over. Now they writing about us. It's not us writing about us. It's about somebody else writing about us. And that's not true. And somebody else is claiming to be us. So I'm going to turn this over, man, and I'm I'm, I'm going to listen, man. But, you know, we're Thank in you, a, bro. I don't know. I don't like the position we're in. I was one of the, I was one of the solid ass seven. And when they, they dropped charges against four of us when they sent two of the folks. And to be honest with you, man, I really didn't want to leave. Because I felt like I was them brothers, you know, they were men and they could, they could handle their own, but I felt like I don't know what they're going to do without me. You know, and they, they bothered me for a long time. You know, so we all got out and, you know, we was all right. In the sense, it's all right. We wasn't under that. Uh, well, I just want to thank you, bro. This is Sujo. I just want to thank you because uh, you inspired me at the WL, and I heard about the Solidad 7, and I was just fortunate in Palm Hall all telling stories. They told me the story of the Solidad 7, Jimmy James, and the rest of you all, and how things became to be. And once I heard these stories, man, continue, I, I said, I wanted to be like this. I wanted to be this. It was inspiring to me as, you know, as a prisoner. So I just want, I never met you personally, but I met a lot of your co-defendants. But I want to tell you, hey, bro, thank you for the supreme sacrifice in the name of the movement. And uh, long right, to go right. And you know what? You know, I just the, thing, the, the thing, the thing, the thing. The thing with me at that time, I didn't care about dying. Okay, you can kill me if you want. I read a book one time that says, don't fear mm-hmm. the man who can kill a body but can't kill a soul. And I guess you can send me to death for if you want to, but if you mess over one of us, you're going to mess over one of you. That's ABC. That's right. I for <laughs> All right, Jim. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This needs to be I mean, told. I, this, this is, is what I believe. This is Brother Shaka. I just want to say something just happened now that I hope the radio listeners caught. These are our OGs, y'all. These are the ones who laid it down for brothers like me and Yanga. But did you just hear one OG show respect to the other OG for being his inspiration? Indeed. I mean, that's something, that's really something I want people to catch, man. That's what this whole radio show is about. It's not about me as a young soldier trying to tell the world what's going on. It's showing respect and giving the OGs a chance to really lay it down. So we'll all know exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And I, I want to thank all of y'all, man, for real. Because like the brother said, we heard the stories of you guys. And we aspire yeah. and aspire to be what y'all be, what y'all already are. You know, so thank you for what all of you have done. Uh, yeah, you yeah, brother. yeah you know, right, now, right now, man, I'm 75 years old. And I was 18 at that time. Man, we were kids, man. We were just, we were kids coming out of juvenile hall, gangbanging. So what you going to tell me? I'm coming out of Los Angeles, gangbanging, man. What are you going to tell me about being this, being that? I did not want to hear If you mess with L.A., then L.A. going to attack you. And that was just our attitude. But that turned into something positive because the, the, the positive uh, people, 
that were before us. See, we had those big black culture workshop things. That was Bunchy Carter was there, Afonso Butler. They were all in Solidarity. And I, I remember the poem that Bunchy wrote, and he didn't write it, the poem that he used to always recite. If we must die, oh, let us nobly die. If we must die, let it not like, let it not be like pigs hunting and pen and then glow your spot. And I wasn't going to do it. I don't care if I die. Amen. That's what it meant. I'm trying to go to somebody sir. else, man. Where's your jet? Where's your two at? J two. J two. I was yeah, I was on mute. I was on mute. I'm gonna let my elders speak first. This, this is Hank Jones, written the Black Panther. Also, remember uh, one of the co-defendants in San Francisco. Hank is in his 80s. And he's he's one of the He's one of the strongest warriors that I know at this age. Hank, are you there? Yeah, I'm there, bro. I'm, uh, you know, I'm just listening to you, to the brothers. And, uh, and you know, respect to all of them. Because, uh, you know, it's, uh, whether he's behind the walls or, or not, uh, the struggle. Still exists. We ain't free, you know. And uh, we still combat that same enemy. We've always combated from that first slave. And that's systemic racism and uh, white supremacy, you know. So uh, I, uh, I took a different route, you know, to get where I am. I'm uh, born in uh, New Albany, Mississippi. That's Northern Mississippi, 1935. I just made my 85th year. Happy birthday. I, uh, Happy anniversary, yes, as my mother would say. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Yeah. Yeah, July, July 28th. I was uh, eight, 85. And, uh, oh. I think I'm back, girl. It was one month after my, exactly one month after my 20th birthday that Emmett Till was murdered. That's right. And uh, I was uh, in, the, uh, I was in the Marine Corps. We were occupying, Marine, uh, occupying Japan at the time. And uh, I'm over there, you know, in uniform, doing my duty. And uh, Emmett was murdered. And it it opened up my mind. It turned me around. It stopped me in my tracks. When I saw those pictures, and thank God his mother had the, um, the mind to have that open casket so the world could see what they did to that boy. He was 14. Uh, you know, and I first thought came to my mind when I saw the pictures of, that could have been me. You know, I was only only about five years older than them. And he was only he was uh, killed uh, about a hundred miles from where I was born and grew up. So uh, it stopped me. And uh, from that day forward, I said, "Well." I had three thoughts. 
first was that uh, before actually. First one was what kind of animal could do something like this. The second one was, uh, well, I, I guess they're going to have to kill me too. Third one was, well, I probably won't see 21. Because I'm not going to put up with this, this shit anymore. You know, I'm not taking any more crap off these rednecks. Come on with that. And and in Japan, they, uh, the military was had only been desegregated seven, seven years, and that was only on paper because it was still segregated, races. And uh, they had uh, the black uh, soldiers and, and Marines, and, uh, you know, that isolated to uh, two clubs we could go to, and we weren't welcome anyplace else. In town, so uh, we had put up with that until uh, Emmett. After Emmett, there were only thirteen uh, blacks in my company, in the company of Marines, and we all decided at the same time that uh, we were going to desegregate everything. So that's what we did. We started fighting. We fought every time we went to town. We tore up every place we weren't uh, welcome. We were bad for business. We were whipping heads. uh, So um, finally they got the message, and they they backed off with us, you know. But uh, it took about a year of that. Uh, constantly fighting every weekend, you know. But I uh, had some good brothers, you know. I'm from Philly, Detroit, Chicago, you know. We all, uh, one brother from Utah, no, yeah, no, uh, Nebraska. My brother from Nebraska. I remember thinking, I didn't know there was any blacks in Nebraska, you know. Mm-hmm. But that brother was, uh, at heart, all of us, uh, you know, and not all of us were tight, but uh, didn't hurt that there was a couple of golden gloves fighters amongst us too. So right on. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, we were we were friends until we got tired. It felt good, you know. It really mm-hmm. felt good because I had all that stuff. Pin up inside of me, resentment, hatred. Uh, I've been carrying around a resentment about how my mother and father is being treated. You know, you fifty years old and you're still a boy. You know, and, uh, uh, black folks didn't have any rights that white folks are bound to respect. All that kind of bullshit. So uh, mm-hmm. it felt good to let let it fly. You know. And uh, did that. Then I started breaking my hands. So uh, I had to figure out another strategy. Couldn't whoop, <laughs> whoop them all. So. Yeah, you know, breaking yourself up, whooping, whooping heads. Yeah, 
bringing myself up. <laughs> right, but, right, uh, right. Yes, sir. The CID had called me in and we investigated. I was going to end up in the brig anyway. And, uh, mm. you know, they uh, had been, before I was 21, I'd been shot at by the military police and chased and shot at me. And, uh, mm. you know, so, like I said, we, uh, we segregated everything. After we got down, we could go wherever we wanted. And we went back to our two clubs and we drank our our hoochie and we, uh, you know, danced our dances and we had a good time, you know. We didn't want to be around white folks. We just didn't want to be denied because of the color of our skin. So, mm. um, Come on, Mr. Jones. I I, you know what? I Can you repeat that one more time? I think so many of us misunderstand that whole movement of integration and civil rights I love what you, we didn't want to be, we didn't want to blend with the white folks. We just weren't going to be denied because of the color That's of our right. skin. We weren't going to face no bullshit because we were been kissed by the sun. That's right. You know, right yeah. on, Mr. Jones. Yes, sir. No, I, I did not want to uh, move to the suburbs and hang out with a bunch of white folks. I had no, <laughs> nothing, nothing in common with, you know. <laughs> but if I wanted yes, to sir. do that... I wanted to have the right to do it, you know. Mm, and I wasn't right. going to be the back because I'm black. Mm, so, right. um, so, you know, when I got out of the Marine Corps, though, I uh, started me a family. And uh, then uh, I got involved in the movie because coming home every day from work and watching what was going on down south with the peaceful protesters just trying to get the right to vote and how they were being treated. Dogs sick on them, you know, beat upside the head with clubs and stuff and water holes and all mm. that. And uh, I wanted to do something about that. I wanted to get involved. But I had uh, three kids up there, and I was the only adult and male adult in my family by then. My father died, so I uh, could not run off down south. Plus, I wasn't, uh, you know, I'd been combat trained. I couldn't go down there and get beat upside the head and not react. And mm. especially after spending mm. a year fighting for redness, you know. So uh, I like, there's no way I could uh, peacefully protest. I would have gotten whole bunch of people hurt down there. But uh, the movement, movement came to San Francisco. That's where I was, was uh, situated back then. And uh, I got involved with uh, SNCC first. Uh, we were organizing around, uh, you know, slum housing and inferior uh, living conditions and code violations mm-hmm. and those old Victorians and, and uh, inferior uh, schools and stuff like that. And, uh, and I did that. We organized a, a community organization with SNCC and, uh, because we felt if we 
got all these issues together and put them under one organization that uh, in the community could speak with uh, some strength to uh, the powers that be. And we didn't have any representatives in government. We had one black municipal court judge, and he was just there trying to, he was just a placeholder, you know. He didn't have no power. Other than that, we had no representation. So uh, we, uh, after doing that for about five years, I realized that uh, the problem was the system itself and that that system was not going to change, that it needed to be replaced. And uh, we started organizing. We organized the Black Panther Party of Northern California. This was at the same time they were organizing the Black Panther Party self-defense in Oakland. And uh, I recognized shortly that uh, they were more advanced than we were, and they had uh, the 10-point platform program, and that made sense to me, and it did make sense to try to duplicate uh, the Black Panther Party. So uh, I joined the Black Panther Party for self-defense. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I was there when the repression came down, COINTELPRO and all of that. And that's when they started uh, assassinating our leaders, you know, Megan Evers, Malcolm, Dr. King, I love them. And then they started in with uh, Fred Hampton and Punchy uh, and John. You know. Yeah. And so, Punchy. Uh, yeah. So hey, one, can I interrupt you for one minute? Sure. And I, and I mean, I kind of want to address this to, uh, I kind of want to address this to the general panel. You know, I, my personal opinion is I think that us and white folks are diametrically opposed to each other. And I don't think that we should ever fight for, how can I say, we are looking for some justice in America. And we, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. That that I mean, we can go all the way back for 400 years, man, and we still looking for the same thing. We're looking for white folks to treat us right. I mean, in a lot of cases, I'm not saying that we are, you know. Right. But but I think that I think that this should be on another plane. That I mean, the, the thing that that's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for. Can we talk about freedom? We could talk about political freedom. Uh, we could talk about economical freedom. Okay, but I, you know, to do that is just like say, okay, well, you guys can go. You you know. We uh, uh, we do it because the system needs us. Some they got to walk on something. They got to walk on somebody. Somebody got to be the basis of, to support this system. So we sat back eating potatoes and they eating steak. And I'm saying we we are the Pahu. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Let me respect. 
let me respectfully ask you to allow uh, Conrad to finish his thing so we can get into this. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I, just wanted, I just wanted to interject that. Yes, yes, sir. Please go. No, I just yeah, you made you, made you proud. Thanks, thanks, thanks. No, go ahead, brother. Brother, 87 no, years old. You know, he got all the respect for me. Thank you, too. No, that's not a problem, brother. You know, I understand where you're coming from because uh, I joined the, you know, it was during the Black Power Movement when I joined the Black Panther Party. We wanted uh, self-determination and independence, you know. Uh, That's what we were looking for, and that's what we should be looking for today, self-determination and independence. Thank you. You know, so... uh, you know, we don't. Uh, we have proven that we can run uh, the, the corporations. We can, we can do anything they can do. We just need them to get out of our way. You see, and we have to mm. move them out of our mm-hmm. way. Right. Uh, we are. Uh, we're not asking. Mm-hmm. We have to demand this. Along with that. This is. See, this is what uh, we are due. We built this mother's here. <laughs> we built this country. And, and uh, yes, they sir. owe us. Yes, sir. So, uh, yes, sir. And so, yes, you know, you know, it's, uh, now I won't go into it. I'm just saying uh, they will uh, come at you, though. When you become effective and when you become a threat, they don't come after you. They came with Pro against us, the, the counterintelligence program. And uh, uh, it was illegal, unlawful, unconstitutional, and, and they did everything. Uh, they used every trick in the book. They used every means and method. From ashes, mm-hmm. murder, yeah, from murder on down. You see. So, uh, yes, sir. we we're still here, some of us, so. and some of us yes, are sir. still yes, sir. behind the walls, you know, paying for that mm-hmm. our resistance. Mm-hmm. So, and mm-hmm. we, we should never forget the brothers that, uh, you know, like Chip and. and uh, Chip Fitzgerald. In the island. People like that. Right. Mm-hmm. We owe Absolutely. Them, if we can't get them out, Absolutely. we need, we definitely should continue to struggle. Chip Fitzgerald, the first person yeah. to face the death penalty since they die. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, and yeah. as, as, as young brothers and sisters, we, and Sister Makita, are you on the line? Because it's important that we recognize the sisters that are on the line. Um, you know, because you sisters are a part of the struggle as well. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. I am on the line. Oh, sister. What's going on? Anything, right. you want, anything you want to add on, sister? Uh, you know, first of all, let me just, you know, pay huge respect to the elders, you know, for their experience, for their for their struggle, for, you know, carrying us on, our, on their back in their experiences and really pushing to, um, you know, make, to give, us, to give us something to work toward, you know, to be, 
to, to be the inspiration that drives us forward. Um, I'm listening to the different stories and just, you know, in awe, in awe of, you know, the resilience and the brilliance of the way you, you know, you can, you held it together behind that wall. Um, so huge respect, and I appreciate uh, the service that every last one of you have put forward. You know, one of the biggest things that that I'm concerned with is how, you know, we we continue this this move forward. Um, I I want to say I've I've been in this I've been a part of you know this this collective um, movement about six years you yeah. know just across across that span of time and um, as a part of the Ahuru movement so I've seen you know I've seen a different side, a different um, um, perspective from just, you know, just doing uh, protest-type stuff. Like, you know, the whole thing where the brother said, you know, our thing is about really moving this work forward and being self-determined and trying to make sure that, you know, we get them out of our way. It ain't about trying to, you know, be equal with them or, trying to be where they at and do what they do. It's about getting them out of our way so we can do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest Absolutely. things that I you know that I see in that and I'm I'm concerned with is how do we get you know in this in this day and age and how do the elders see this thing playing out? Because I mean I know you all see I know you all see the confusion, and I know you all see, you know, the disarray and how, how badly the, you know, the, the fallout has affected our movement, you know, and how how it it hindered us, you know, when COINTELPRO entered and dismantled so much and killed all of the leaders, all of the Black Power leaders, as opposed to. The, the civil rights leaders that they, you know, that they lifted up and put before us as, you know, as those who were going to lead us somewhere, but they had no, you know, they're essentially just working for, they're working as an extension of the state, working as an extension of the powers that are already in place and the status quo. So I just wonder how you all internalize and, and, and can see this thing moving forward as well with those who are involved in the movement today. And how you know, how that looks to you. How how does it look? Um because I I know we have all this information. Um we have the internet which, you know, to some degree can be crippling because we get too much information and some of it's wrong, some of it's you know it's not being vetted. It's not, you know, nobody's paying attention to, you know, what the truth is versus what is being put out as the truth, you know. Um, how do we get a handle? Or if you all can see, you know, us getting a handle on what it looks like to move forward, you know. Just, 
I just wonder how you all see it because you all come from a place where it just looked like y'all just jumped in and did what needed to be done, and it was that was it. <laughs> so that was just it. We did what needed to be done. Period. Thank you, Sister. Like Chabaka, you on the line? Great question. Let. Say again. Say again. Brother Broadway. Hello. Black power. Black power. And y'all, can you hear me? Yes. Brother Bullwhip here. Go ahead. You, you're good. Brother Bullwhip, you're good. I didn't tell you. I said what the sister said, and I, and, I, and I understand what she's saying, because even the young people ask us the same word. But we have to keep in mind about how this insidious system that we're in, this racist Semitic system that we're in, it has to come to a stop. And it has to come to the stop, and we need to make it come to the stop because we have to end white superiority. Period. Period. They, we have to show these folks that you're not better than us, and you're not smarter than us, and you damn sure can't overdo us because we are the true kings and queens of this planet. We know that. We need to have our children understand this. We need to go back to our families that's in crisis, that's all hooked up, that got, you know, we lost three generations with this devil's thing called crap. We lost three generations. And it really messed up our generations. Have to bring that generation back, make them understand and respect themselves who they are. These young people to go back in the school and say, "We want history told in the school. We need our history told in the school, and the families need to teach the history at home. We have to get ourselves back to who we are when we talk about self determination." Black power. Black power. Can I, you know what? I want to jump in here for because a couple things were said. A couple things were said, uh, Mr. Jones said, and I thought was fascinating. First thing, though, I want to say this, that I noticed a recurring theme throughout every speaker, and that is ferocity and ferociousness, the willingness and the ability to do what it takes, even if it means bodily harm, loss of life, or so-called freedoms. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm hearing this thing like, and so I'm reminded of what Brother Robert Williams said, uh, Deacons of Defense, Brother Robert, said when he came back to, you know, when he left uh, for China, uh, you know, the brothers was black leather, black power. And when he came back, the brothers had purses or something to this effect. I, know I may be paraphrasing terribly. But something he noticed, he pointed out um, the very big noticeability of the effeminization of the black man. So maybe this goes into um, the lack of, because I noticed in you brothers' era, man, y'all were kicking out freedom fighters like, man, like y'all mamas had a freedom fighting factory or something. All of y'all brothers was like that, man. We can get a brother to go out and protect instead of standing up a lot of our men there would read a videotape and holler out world, world star. 
I mean, the whole mentality has changed. And then secondly, I wanted to say, in my conclusion, because I don't want to be long-winded, phone lines are lit up, so many great people to come on. I still think we got uh, Chairman Carr that hasn't spoken. So many great yeah. I have we. I don't think we've heard from uh, G, uh, G2 yet. So just so many great people. But I wanted to say this. Does materialism, you know, this capitalism is a beast. So does materialism uh, play a big part in our lack of really jumping ten toes down into our, our, our own struggle? And what I mean by that is, you know, at one point in time, I like what I believe it was Brother Pahu was saying when he was talking about, yeah, we don't need to fight for inclusion. We don't need to be equal to them. We're, we're, we're better than that, even like Uncle Bullwhip is saying. Our, our history is just so far advanced and just there. But we've been under the illusion of inclusion so long by being fed materialistically. I mean, we have big screens, playstations, microwaves. What is the struggle for? Back in your time, the suppression and repression was so obvious. Right. You know, white men come to your neighborhood, grab a woman, hang her from a tree, just blaming police, which they're still doing it today. They just, I don't even want to say more tactful. It just seems like somehow when I watch the films, the treatment is that much more horrific. Maybe I've grown immune to it. Maybe I'm, I don't know. But what is it that we have lost in this day and time? And I see it even getting worse because I'm 47 from my younger uh, brothers and sisters. I'm going to say comrade, Brother Paul. Don't get upset with me. For the younger comrade. I'm, I'm not. That, um, <laughs> okay, brother. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing Baba, man. You know, I, I love to have fun with my yeah. brother, man. Y'all get to know, brother. Man. Um, right, that, you know, we've lost. Sir? Right, right. I, I he said he was, I'm just saying that we've lost that earth. I'm listening. We get it back. We're just wondering what, what has happened to go into us to make us lose that ferocity. Like I said, we'd rather videotape atrocity than personally intervene to stop it. What, what, I mean, is it that, did they dilute the water? What do, what do you guys think? What is this big, like, big deal? No, it was the bad When they introduced crack cocaine. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, that devastated our community. I just, and then following that, they dumbed down a generation or so. And so that, we lost, wow. we lost wow. the knowledge of the history of struggle oh, in that process. The game was broke. Yeah, could I share something? Yeah. Hello? Yes, sir. Please, Abu. Yes, sir. Please, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. One of the greatest things that they did before they brought in crack cocaine and heroin, they brought in integration. Yeah. And, Thank you, and they brought it. Hey, you, Abu. Yeah. Abu. And, and I'm so sorry to stop, stop you in mid-flow. You know, uh, I didn't have an opportunity. Some of our guests were introduced. I didn't have And even Uncle Bullwhip, I, next time he comes around, I want a proper introduction. Please, you go into, uh, you know, just a little bit of who you are. And, um, you know, an introduction of yourself. Okay. Uh, I'm uh, Chairman Abdul Kaha of the uh, People's New Black Panther Party. I'm a uh, former Louisville Seven of the Black Panther Party during the 1960s. Seven of us were framed for the biggest robbery in the history of Kentucky. They framed us for robbing the Kentucky Derby. And uh, mm. we went on trial for robbing Kentucky Derby. 
uh, we beat that case. A year later, I was kidnapped, placed in a sane asylum, mental institution, given a trial, held there for 60 days, was given shock treatment, drugged up, and the only way I was able to escape that was a Caucasian doctor recognized who I was, and he went to the radio station, the black radio station, WLOU, and they let him on air, and he told the people where I was because the agents that infiltrated Black Panther Party told people that I went underground to join the BLA when they knew that I was kidnapped and was held in a mental institution in the woods. And uh, when that Caucasian recognized me, to show you truth just don't have one color. When you're dealing with righteousness and you're moving forward, and you're dealing with truth and honesty. I am a revolutionary and a people's revolutionary. And that Caucasian went to the black radio station, WLOU, and they let him on the air. And he told the people where I was, and you should have seen the convoy. The people came to that institution in the woods, got me out there, the, doc- the doctor wrote a statement, said, well, nothing wrong with me, but he had to follow the order of the FOP. The fraternity order mm. police had me kidnapped. I I was mm. able I was able to survive the Louisville Seven, uh, armed robbery, Kentucky Derby. I was able to survive the contract that the drug dealers put put out on us because we were taking the drug dealers off the street. But we had a slogan: If one panthers fall dead by a drug dealer, two and three of y'all gonna fall. We made it simple. If you wage war, war waging back. And uh, because we were trying the drugs up, that is why they uh, came against us. And uh, But the people, the people seeing the work that we were doing, it was the people that came and freed us. You should have seen the people came out to that institution. Come on, we're right. it, was, it, was, it was common citizen. It was black and white. It was Catholics. It was Muslims. It was the people came out there and say, where is he? And the doctor say it was nothing wrong with him, but we had to follow the order of the FOP. And uh, they gave me my clothes, and they took me out of there. The people took me out of there. And the doctor said, witness, there was nothing wrong with me, but I was kidnapped. And let me share this. One of the reasons why they move on us, and they move on us, but they give us praise at the same time, and we have to let the people know this. We have to use their language because words create minds. Their language, they had a movement called counterintelligence. That means we got to let the people know that our movement is an intelligent movement. But we we have a movement called counterignorance. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, so, <laughs> so, so they had the nerve to say that our movement are intelligent. See, they say counterintelligence means that we got to infiltrate the intelligent movement because they awaken the masses of uh, of uh, right. people up. So, uh, because you ain't got to counter no ignorant man because he's going to destroy himself. That's right. Come on with that. Come on now, let's keep it real. Our movement was correct because oppression breeds resistance. That's right. That's right. Tell that story, old Black Aubrey. 
it ain't about no communist party. It ain't about no social party. It ain't about no black nationalists. It ain't about this oppression breed resistance. Resistance breed organization. And we feel and we came into organization. And unorganized people, our slogan was, and unorganized people are subject to slavery any given time. Any time. Let me repeat that again. And unorganized people is subject to slavery any given time. The oppressors are afraid of organization because organization is is natural. And if your organ if you don't have one, you're not natural. And I'll tell you, and nope. when you get one, organs is is part of your body. And if it ain't organized, what is called retarded. Our organization right now, our organization right now needs to take some laxatives, get rid of some shit, and we need to stop being a party and and straighten up. We got some work to do. Because that's the body. Black Power. This is Brother Shocker. Can can we go to the lines? Because I'm getting blown up over here. A lot of people got a lot of questions. Are you getting blown up? Let me go to the line. Hold on. Let me go to the line. I'm sitting here. I gotta forgive me, man. I'm sitting here listening. I got my pad and pen, and I'm like not even looking at the computer. Let's go to the yeah. Let's go to the phone line. Yeah, man. I'm 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 in school, man. So our lines are open up, and we still, like I said, got lines open. People haven't spoken, but I, you know, our lines are open. We just have it there again. So let me just get a call. You're listening to Let's Talk About It with Shock and Yanga, man. High powered uh, panel. We get into the nitty gritty. Can you dig gritty. it? I mean, we That's got right. it going down. That's right. And and yo, if you're if you're listening now and you haven't contacted your partners, please go back and check this out on recording because you will be well rewarded. Right, right. All right, our lines are open, man. Get, get your pens and papers. Who we got on line? Right, get your pens and papers. Our lines are open. Uh, okay, here we go. Well, you said Shaka, you were getting blown up. I opened up every line that was. Yeah, I, I just heard somebody, somebody come on the line. Yeah, this is our bro. Mike Bow. Mike Bow, brother, you doing all right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, who's this? Introduce yourself, please. Ah, uh, this is Hassan. Calling hey, what's going on, brother Hassan? Right. Hey, how you doing? Good, brother. How you good, doing, brother? Yeah, brother, this is the perfect class for you to be on, man. You had any questions or anything for the brothers? Hey, hold on. I'm trying to take you off the, uh, off the car thing because the phone acting crazy. Uh, yeah, that may work. It sounds like a little feedback going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to take it off. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I've been listening. Uh, I've been listening for probably about an hour now. So, the thing about what I the question I have is that uh, I forgot what brother that I was listening to. He said well, that we have to come to that we got to instead of instead of we've been talking about it for for like like you said about four hundred years. You've been talking about it. we've been talking talking about it for years and years. We talking about what we going to do, and that's time to, I, I feel like it's time for us to 
really just come together and, and, and start making statements and take and take back over the communities that we that we supposed to. Even saying, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I'm, I, like, like I'm in Memphis, Tennessee right now, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down every person that police officer just killed this black, this black brother down here, and like I was saying, like I was trying to tell them, the the brother he was he was he was he had a warrant for a murder, but what gives the police officer the the the, the power to say he he's the judge, he's the assassiner? Stuff like that because he had a, a murder a murder warrant doesn't mean you can kill him. That's he right. need to have a weapon, but they killed him. That's right. Memphis. So so y'all finna see that on the news probably tomorrow when these folks start riding looting down here just like they shot the shot the brother up there in Wisconsin. Yep. And that's what mm-hmm. that's what the that's what the old oh, was saying is that when when are we gonna come together and stop killing each other really and come and get together. Right. And go and go through the go back go through the black communities and put the brothers and sisters back together like we supposed to. That's right. Come on with that, bro. Yeah. This is Sue Jack hey, from uh, out of California. I was you know on death row and I, I hear your voice, bro. We're still dealing with the same problem, and I'm all in for whatever we can do as an entity. And like I like the other brother was saying, I think organizations is the key to our success. And, and he was saying people were scared of organization. I've been saying that for the longest since. How do we recreate something that could carry us forward to lead us to be that motor to continue our struggle? And how do we deal with this systemic racism organizing ourselves? So my sword is by your side, bro. I'm, I live in Washington, D.C. now. And I'm a part of a group called Witness the Innocent. We all death row survivors. Some of us did 20 years and shit. And we still we try to put a face on the systemic racism that exists in capital punishment. And like I always tell people, why you deal with the death penalty? Because I say it's killing our peoples. In my state of Maryland, we eliminated the death penalty. We're where I live at now today because we organized it against it. And, and we was able to show how racist the death penalty was in Maryland. Eighty-five percent of the murder victims in Maryland were black people. But no one was on Maryland's death row for killing black people. Everybody that was on death row, their victim was white. So what we got to right. deal with the overall racism in this whole system, it's not in the economic system. It's also dealing with the criminal justice system. And before I went to death row, I went through a system called the criminal justice system. So we got to stand up and demand enough is enough. I remember some years ago, and I think it's a time for that call to come again. When I first came to Washington, D.C., they had this brother. He had did time in San Quentin, and I met him, and he was crippled, and he organized this organization called Cease Fire, Don't Smoke the Brother. And, I, and it was organized in Washington, D.C., and with the killing going on now, you know, it's time to get that call together. Enough is enough. And I understand... Exactly what you're feeling, bro. So uh, how do we get together? How do we take this from just our conversation and be able to come together and be a body of people? Where we go from all mm-hmm. yeah. We all was raised up, right. I think. What? Essence of telling story. Everybody was inspired by a story. Some people was inspired by going to see comedians talk political talk and got a listening ear. I was inspired by a Muslim brother, 45 years old. So how can we put a face on all this shit? Just like we put a face on the death penalty. These people was awful. They killed people. But they're still human beings. 
So how can we put a face on black people to make sure we got to go out and put a face on it? We are human beings too. So we got to stand up and organize ourselves. Yeah, absolutely Brother, correct. So, well, I, well, I, can I say something real quick? I believe, okay, okay, you can. Start going well. Okay, um, okay Sorry, I just want to say me, this, man, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to kick back. I'm, I'm going to kick back, and I'm going to kick back. Listen, let me say this. The people. A lot of knowledge out there, a lot of knowledge out there. Yeah. Yeah. People how, who have how long is, the most power. How long is the, the most program? Power. We are here till 10 o'clock. We have, it's 9.16. We got about 45 minutes left. So let's say we got... Okay, I'm I'm going to say this. I'm going to sit back and listen to the show. The most powerful people, the most powerful, as we call them, black people, that I ever seen come through America was the Panther Party. You know why? Because when people see... That you have a standing army, you can ask for anything you want. You can be rich as you want, but if a nation does not have an army, the 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 nation will be taken by anybody because you cannot defend yourself. So what do we need to do? Some kind of way we need to create an army. No, how it's gonna be done? I don't have the solution, but I know what it is. I'm gonna tell you. Absolutely. One of the things I think impressed upon me the most and about everybody that's even talking outside of, like I said before, just that warrior spirit is the spirit of self-determination. Um, I think there again, uh, Brother Paul had said something earlier when he was talking and he talked about not every rev- participant in the revolutionary will be a fighter or what we would call, you know, fight as in the physical, but we need artisans, we need writers, we need these, you know, we need every participant, not just to create organizations, but to create a movement. I think one of the things that sticks out, too, about the 60s and the 70s that spawned these great organizations and brothers and sisters like brothers we have on the line and sisters who contributed greatly like my mom and other sisters um, was that you guys had a movement. You didn't just have an organization to help you to build and, and build character and to direct your actions, but you had a movement for inspiration. You had the music. I'm black and I'm proud. You had the dress. You had the slogans. Black is beautiful. Black power. I, one of the things I think we have failed to recreate is the spirit of movement. We've got right. so into these organizations and everybody being the premier organization in the organ, they hit the vanguard and this type of, uh, you know, really, which to me is very colonialist. This very ranking order trying to be the dominant conquistador type of thing is very colonialist to me. So what happened to the whole movement, that thing that just empowers the people? Not yet. So you're not a part of my organization. So you're not a part of the People's Black Panther Party under uh, National Chairman Yanga. But you're part of a progressive organization that is about getting the job done and that is contributing to the overall movement and spirit. And I'm going to listen for the rest of the show. (laughs) But Black I just power. want to throw that in. Black Thank power. Thank you, Brad. Hey, what about you two? Yeah, get two. Come on, man. Could yeah, I I'd like, I'd like to Black share. Um, first, like power. first, I want to apologize to my elder, Paul, for interrupting him. I have the highest respect for my elders. They're, they're the ones whose shoulders I stand on. Um, but I know that... That Paul is a young 75. You know, if his motor gets running, 
You can't stop him. Hey, that's 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 what he loves Dude, that's the yeah. brother I'd have met. So, you know, I, I would never in my whole life disrespect him any kind of way. I did not know. No, no, I would never do that. I would never no, do no, that. I, I, just, I, I just I got, I got to push that out there because, I mean, this, this comrade, I know you want to comrade, but comrade to me is more than just a friend. It's someone that I got their back and, and, and they got my back and we both know them. Um, so, so uh, I wanted to do that. The other thing is, you know, uh, 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 Hank is kind of, he, he's, Hank is kind of, um, what's the word I want to use? Hank don't really share a lot. Hank has been through a lot. You know, he's one of the, like, uh, shoe job was tortured. Hank was tortured back in the 70s for a murder that they tried to put on. In his 70s, in his 70s, they tried to bring that back up and throw him start taking away from us in his 70s. Him and other comrades. Right. So I wanted to share that. Also, uh, I wanted to share that two of the brothers, two of the comrades who were part of the uh, San Quentin 6, uh, uh, G.I., David Johnson, and soon the odds of really take. I mean, these, these, are, these are comrades that, like I said, whose shoulders that I stand on. They've been really ill. Uh, 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 they just got out the house, but I think GF is out now. Uh, soon the answer, he's out, but the still, you know, we got, we got to hold him up. In prayer, we got to hold him up and hope that they still be with us for, 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 for years to come. Right. Another thing I'll say is that, uh, that, uh, uh, the sister, I didn't catch her name, but we just did, uh, I'm with, I'm with Black August Los Angeles, and we just did a, uh, a Zoom uh, meeting had our sister, we had Tini Yapu, who is whose husband has been down for 45 years. We had Allegra, who is the daughter of, of Uber Yogi Pinnell. We had Ayana, who, who's been a part of the movement, and, and uh, Shaka's uh, wife, who's been a part of the uh, Black August movement since its inception. And we had Sukari, who is the wife of Joker Katari uh, uh, Golden on the on the program. Uh, I ain't gonna get into a whole lot about my history, you know, because I want to be able to just uh, 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 say a few things and then allow those that are on the, on the call uh, have this discussion. But I entered into this in, in, in 1977 uh, as part of the movement. Uh, I was one of the ones that we opened up uh, Black August in '79 and saw that Owain where they killed the comrades, W.L. Knowles, Queen of Edwards, and uh, Miller. You know, um, this, 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 this movement was something that I didn't, I didn't, uh, 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 what can I say, I didn't see myself as being part of it. And I also had, I want to talk about my brother, Domingo Kali, who was part of the Panther Party and went to prison in 67. To try to criticize, in fact, to help me understand what we were going through as people, but I was too young. It wasn't until I entered the prison system in '76 that um, that uh, uh, I became. I started. I had brothers put books in my hand and say, "Check this out." You know, I had brothers that, that I was fortunate that I came in at a time when the movement of those that were part of the movement was still prevalent. And so I, I was embraced by them brothers, and I, you know, and I realized that 
this is the only thing within the prison system. This is the only organization that is doing something to address the problems, not just in prison, but also in, you know, being willing to be part of that, that movement in, in, in the community that exists during that time. Comrade George, it was actually a Latino brother that introduced me to Comrade George in 76 when I was in Hawaii. He's the one that handed me a, a prison letter. You know, so, so that's part of the history. When I got to Clinton, mm-hmm. the, the camaraderie among these comrades was so thick and the love was so deep, you couldn't help but be attracted to it. You know, when I got out of prison, uh, uh, the first thing I did, I went from L.A., I went to L.A., checked in with the parole agent, and shot straight back up to the bear because that's where the Black Office Organizing Committee had started, and so I was a part of that. I remember the first day, I, I was out of prison maybe about two weeks. We had uh, uh, Malcolm X event up at Berkeley Tower. And one of the comrades, Jasiri, uh, uh, um, was going to be the keynote speaker. So I'm helping the comrade put his speech together. And when we get there, he tells me to do the speech. I come out of a, a, a solitary confinement after, after four years and, and, and choose on the street. I'm scared as hell. But all I see all the time up there was this is for the movie. Huge approached me and he's like, Can you do it? What am I supposed to do? Of course I can do it. We had an audience of about two thousand people and after, after the presentation, all of them rose up. And that that put us on the map. Now there's been there's been uh, uh, a lot of highs and lows during that time period. We got a slew of comrades that, that I, when I went to the hole in 78, and, and, and I was fortunate that they changed the law briefly in 80, in, in uh, 77. They changed the law that allowed me to get out, but other comrades didn't. You had an L on top of it, uh, then, then they were stuck. They were stuck in Pelican Bay, they were stuck, stuck in all other shoe units until most of them didn't get out until uh, 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 around 2013, 2015, uh, had the, the uh, um, hunger strike. They had two hunger strikes, one in 2011, one in 2013. They got, the, got a lot of exposure, and that's what got a lot of them comrades out. They're just now starting to come home after 40-plus years. You know, but a lot of them are still there. You mm-hmm. have comrades that have been in prison for over 50 years. Mm-hmm. You should have been there 57 years. Mm-hmm. And he was only out a couple of uh, uh, months, about six months, from from uh, uh, Angola when they kidnapped him and kept him for uh, 50 years. So we got a lot of comrades mm-hmm. out that, that, that need to get out. We just did another piece about political prisons. So we have this thing among us where we compartmentalize ourselves. We do a man's job for him. We say, oh, he's not a political prisoner because he wasn't involved in politics before he went to prison. But God damn it, when he got there, that's, that was his life. That was his life. He committed himself. He stood mm-hmm. up. So what makes him not being close to prison? He could have did his time and came home. But he stayed with him. There were warehouses. There were, were torches. All kind of shit. And they stayed, they stayed strong. They, they created a safe tank. In the midst of, 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 of all stuff that they had to deal with. And the last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to close, I'm going to close it out. 
our comrades, Ugo Yogi Samir. There's been things that were said that, that, you know, this comrade did 46 years now, 51 in prison. And when he was finally let out on the main line, some, 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 some racist pigs killed him. Hmm. You know, we got to uphold that comrade. One of the things that I want to do is be a uniting force for those of us that have had to deal with some, some stuff, you know, but we all comrades. I don't want to see that separated. This is my life. It is thought out like that, but this is my life. And I love them all. I feel like that I'm a wayward child that's divided between my brothers. And that hurts. Mm. That's my thing. Man, Man, this is not wow. Right on. Let me. Uh, brother Kenny, and I don't. Brother Bull, can I just get, and I, Brother Bull, at the risk of being where we have, and I'm going to just hold this, this call because I've had someone who's been so patient. They've been waiting on Bull for like a minute. I think they're actually like someone wants to talk to you guys. Um, so if, if can we give them a few, like a couple minutes? I've seen them on the line, like just sitting here patiently. Thank you, sir. Let's open up this caller's mic. All right, let me get the brother. 216-3333. Your mic is open. Can you brothers hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Loud and clear. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I, uh, first, I want to just give uh, honor and appreciation to the brothers for your sacrifice uh, and, more importantly, for remaining true to the struggle after all of these years. Um, I'll be brief. And, and also want to give a shout-out to Brother Shaka Yanga for the great job y'all doing, Sister Makeda, for uh, hipping me to the show. Um, there's a lot going on with our young brothers. Um, I do some work around the gang violence that's happening uh, throughout the country. I, I came from the West Coast, California. Now I'm over here in the in, in Ohio area. I want to ask you guys if, if some of the brothers can speak um, on the transition. And I'm not going to try to go all deep. I'll just put it out there and let y'all speak on it. Um, as we look at the gang violence and the gang culture today, if y'all could put some context to that as it relates to the coming out of the Black Panther Party, the Black Liberation Army, and then the Black Gorilla, Black Gorilla family, and then the, um, the Black August Committee, et cetera, and how that transition took place and how we find ourselves with this, this problem that we have with our brothers killing each other in the gang life. So I, I think you guys got the gist of it, and hopefully, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about, and let your brother speak on that. Thank you for your for your contribution. Could I speak on that real quick? Can I speak to that? Yes, yeah, sir. please, all everybody speak oh, Could that. I speak to that real quick? As, as uh, I, yes, sir. We give every... Everybody yeah, I'm okay. Let me speak to that, because... Uh, I work with young people. I'm 25 years old, comrades from California, and everybody there. Let me give my uh, respect of love and spiritual revolutionary love to all y'all, Hank, all y'all, Jet, soldiers, all of you. Listen, it's what has happened. Again, I go back to that crack, and I have to go back to that crack because that crack really messed up our people for generations. 
It took the soul out of our people. It took the spirit out of our people. And I have to say, because it has left our young people really messed up. They started with positive hip-hop music that was positive. The minute I turned around, I'm hearing young brothers calling the young sisters bitches, hoes, and all that shit. And they're calling each other all these N-words that we've been hearing out there. And nobody, nobody, even elders, not saying anything about it, not putting a stop to it, and saying, that is wrong. Because that word, there's no such thing as this is the way this it means love. There's no fucking way in the world you're going to call me this name and say that means love for <laughs> my people. No way you can say that bullshit. I any of them out there. When I hear these young people on the street calling each other that and feeling that way about them, of course they're, 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 they're living the Willie Lynch law. That's what they're living, the Willie Lynch law. And all of y'all know the Willie Lynch law. You know it was it what mm-hmm. it did and what he did on how to keep us divided as people. We need to break that law. We need to break, like I said, we need to end white superiority systemic. We need to end this shit as it stands today. I can still go out there. I can see straight. And I got strong two fingers. They know what I'm oh, talking man. about. Come on. Mm-hmm. And if where we have to go at with this, then, then, then let it be. Because I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing my people being killed. I'm tired of my people killing each other. They're killing each other and don't even understand they're doing the work for this cracker. Mm-hmm. And they don't see it. They don't see it. And we have to show them. But how do they do it? We have to start taking back over those schools, those schools again. We got to start community organizations again. We got to make parents stand up and speak their mind what they want to see happen. We got to take from these community boards. We got to take this shit over. And don't step in until we take it over. That's how I feel. Education. I'd like to speak to it also if we have time. Yes, sir. Okay. Are you Let's listening? See, um, Hello? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I, I think it was rather. Yeah. Yeah, I, want, I wanted to speak to that. Uh, I agree with everything yes, my brother just said. One of the things that we have to do, that I feel we have to do, is I, back in, the, um, in addition to my work, uh, with, with Black August, organized committee in Black August, uh, and before Black August Los Angeles, I started a program called uh, Black Awareness Community Development Organization, specifically to target those young brothers in the streets to, to educate them. You know, we must, we don't necessarily have all the resources to do that. You know, so we got to fight for resources and all that. But those, when I when I came home, uh, I ended up getting into it with police and going back in the nineties. And I got out right after, uh, uh, right before the truce between the Crips and Bloods in, in, in my hood, in, my, in, my, in L.A. And I started pulling the brothers from my neighborhood, talking to them about, you know, you're down with the truce. That was a missed opportunity. When that truce happened, now, from a, from, from a Peckerwood standpoint, I'm looking at this shit, and I'm like, okay, 
30 years ago, almost 30 years ago, something similar happened that they called the Watch Rebellion. And out of that came these organizations and formations. I ain't getting ready to let that shit happen again. So I'm going to disrupt this mm-hmm. truth. I'm going to say they come together to attack the police, uh, uh, you know, as long as they party one another, that's, that's cool. But I'm going to get it back to the point where they kill each other again. So that was a missed mm-hmm. opportunity for us to grab them young people and sit them down and say, okay, look, uh, 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 that's cool what you're doing, but look at what's, what's really going on. Why are we in this situation? So I tried to do that when, when I came home with, with Back Doe. Um, if you ain't remember, we, um, we saw these, these peace summits across the country. I came to Georgia and, and hooked up with Younger, and he pulled a lot of those off from the West End uh, into this meeting. You know, uh, we formed this, this organization called, initially was called National Council for Peace and Justice, and we evolved into mm-hmm. International Council for Peace and Justice and Empowerment. You know, so we went all around the country, and everywhere you go, you're seeing the same thing. But that's what we that's need right. to do. We need to, we need to pull these brothers you know, if, if it ain't but a few of them, you know, and get and 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 uh, uh, just start having those numbers multiply, because they hungry, yeah. they looking for direction. Yeah. Can I can I say something? This is brother Shaka. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, hey, respect uh, everybody in the line. But as a young brother, man, you know, I came out of that gang life myself, like brother Conrad Yang. Right. I came from that. But you know, and I just want to make it clear that a lot of the young brothers out here, young sisters out here they are in these gangs with the belief that they are carrying on the tradition of revolution because they're being told right. by co-opted leaders that what you're doing is revolutionary. See, when we was being pimped out by these so-called OGs and pimped out by these so-called dudes who was telling us that banging on each other was a revolutionary act, that selling drugs was like, fuck the white man, you sell drugs, that's how you're going to be independent. So a lot of these young people out here, they really believe in their mind that they are stand-up guerrillas and that they are really revolutionary. And another thing that we can't overlook, just like COINTELPRO interrupted the flow of the, of the 60s and the movements, I was part of something in New York called the United Gang Family. And we had, back then I was in the Five Nation, we had uh, Zulu there, Nietas, Latin Kings, you know, West Side La Familia, the family. We all came together, and I witnessed COINTELPRO get involved and separate everybody. You know what I mean? That, that's a very important thing we got to understand, and that's one of the important reasons why Comrade Yang and myself felt it necessary to bring the OGs that we know together so that these young cats can get a direct pipeline to the real OGs so we can get away from all this false doctrine, you know, and we can show, like, look, I know y'all look up to Shaka or Yanga, but here's who we got it from. So now y'all got a direct trade line. And I think that's one of the ways we're going to put this back in order is with direct information. Absolutely. And I wanted to jump on there with what Shaka said, and, and, and I'll be brief, because I wanted to touch on that question Brother asked, and I agree with Shaka. Not only did COINTELPRO touch the Panthers, it hit the gang life. We know that we were bastards of the party. We know that a lot of us were attracted to the gang life. I, I myself personally, being who my father was when – my gang came along, the ideology, the philosophy, the constitution sounded, it was familiar to me because it was, you know, written off the Panther concept. What ended up happening, though, is when they jailed out and the introduction of crack cocaine, we went from being a community representing independent people, uh, uh, representing inter-party services, to, you know, drug dealers and pariahs of our own community. We lost the, what the whole thing was about. And they jailed our leaders who 
carried on the traditions of uh, Raymond Washington, who carried on the traditions of Buncey Carter. You know what I'm saying? So they had some whole other understanding when I came home from behind lines. So like what uh, Brother Siddiqui was saying, it was an honor to have these brothers come to Georgia and reach out and be like, yo, Yanga, this and Because we had, you know, I do that work too, work with uh, brothers affiliated with gangs. So we have brothers that have beef. But by, you know, me and brothers like Shock out here doing the work, when we and trying to get that spirit back, when we say, well, the OGs want to holler at you, they have some like, okay, yo, we're going to sit our butts down for a minute and go listen to the OGs. But it comes with having the history uh, and trying to reinfuse them and not, and in my thing, and in conclusion, not ostracizing them, criminalizing them, but taking a page book from Deputy Chair Fred Hampton, who had the original coalition. Bunchy Carter and I like our OGs is to politicize a, a group that is already living in revolutionary conditions. And I'm ended with that. I said that last time, but I mean it. Listen, we got, we got a few minutes. Let's, let's keep the flow going. Black Power. Hey, uh, this is uh, this is Brother Kahar. And uh, that's that's uh, one thing. Being a member of the Louisville Seven. Uh, member of the Black Panther Party, citizenship in the Republic, uh, Imam in the uh, Muslim movement, being in all of these formations is one formation, and we have to understand this, what has happened. This is a continuation from the first day that Europeans stepped foot on the continent of Africa. There has never mm. been a true treaty for you and I as humanity. And this, this struggle, we have been fighting this struggle for a long time. But an organized people is subject to slavery any given time. And it mm-hmm. is illegal back then to be organized. Your family must be organized. Your, your, your everything that the creed had created were organized. They had to bring in the orchid man to get rid of the roaches because they organized. You had to bring in the rest of the people to come in. Come on now. <laughs> That's right. That That's should right. be shame on you and I that the roaches is, is organized and we ain't. <laughs> mm. Come That's on. Right. That's right. You Come know, on. I, because, uh, because to not to be organized is to be ungodly. To not to be organized is to be human. Everything in nature is organized. From the birds, right. from the flowers, mm. everything is organized. To be unorganized to be unnatural. And that's what the European tried to do to you and I to keep us from being unorganized. And because of that, he was able to bring drugs in. He was able to come in and try to turn our sisters into what they're not. He was able to come in and set up uh, schools to make us think that we was nothing when we create civilization because he know the power of organization. And uh, you know where the word organization come from? It comes from Where from? The word organization comes from organs, and I'm not going to hold you long, but it's proper because our our body is our organization, right? Yes, sir. Guess what? But guess what? One of the most important part of that organization ain't just the head, it ain't just the heart, it's the asshole. See, Mm. the asshole have a purpose, too. See? When we begin to when we begin to organize and we go through these problems, we should expect that. 
We ain't got an organization what where it's going to be, everything going to be godly-like. Abu. Yes. Abu. What's the purpose of the butt, butthole? The purpose of the butthole is that you have people in the organization just talk shit. <laughs> okay. 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 Right. I'm just telling right. Okay. All right. Yeah. I just want to say something. Okay. Now, now, now oh, you got the leadership that is thinking. You got the you got the arms that is working. You got the heart that is deeper. You got the leg that is walking. But you got some niggas in there talking shit. Hey, hey, hey I'm okay. asshole. The also out all the all the shit and that is in your body, all the shit that is used in your body that has to flow. If you plug up the butthole, you're gone. So you got to understand the that is that is that what I'm saying. But let me go back to dealing with the Panthers because uh coming in the Panthers with the uh, National Committee to Combat Fascism going all the way back to Mississippi and going all the way back to Alabama, going all the way back to the plantation and all the way back to the continent. I would struggle, even up to date, had been a struggle of resistance. And it might take different forms because of different times and different cultures, but we are still resisting like this radio program. See, this radio program is no more than a continuation or the brother and sister that came from Africa. See, so, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a different day and it's just a different time, but we still had that spirit because that baton is still passed because we are not liberated as a human being and our family as humanity still see us, as slaves still see us, as someone that uh, 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 don't supposed to exist. So we still had that right. But I want to end this by saying this. And uh, and and uh, this is a prayer. Say by the token of time, through the ages, the mind is at loss. Now, a lot of us through the ages done lost history. The mind is at loss. They're such as their faith. A lot of us done lost faith through that time. The mind is mm-hmm. lost. They're such as their faith and do righteous deeds and join together like you and I are doing. For the mutual teachings of truth, patience, and consistency. That is that is Quran. That is organization. See, our patience, our consistency. Because don't you know the racist, the enemy of our peoples and the enemy of humanity. Period. Never thought that we still going to be here. Come on now. That's right. He never we thought won. because our consistency, because our patience and our consistency. And because what we are doing is we are doing what is what is right. And uh, let me say this: by the family that that is on the air now, we are all one family, and right. we don't have no borders. It ain't such thing as a Chicago, uh, uh, Detroit, uh, Cleveland. Uh, 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 L.A. The European set up border. It's a planet, and wherever we at, we are family. That's right. And that, mm-hmm. and, and and that they have to understand that. And Chairman Fred, 
made that clear when he came up with the coalition. And right. uh, uh, being in New York, when I was in New York working with the, the Panther Party there, and we marched on the United Nations with the Young Lord Party, the Native Americans. Right. And, uh, and uh, our, our, our chant was, Black power to black peoples and a Polish-speaking power to the Polish-speaking peoples and third world power to the third world peoples and a power to the people of oh, mm-hmm. the power of 5,000 of us. All right. United Nations. That was the Rainbow Coalition. It was the African, That's right. That's right. it was the indigenous, it was the Puerto Rican, it was man. It was, mm-hmm. it was. It was. It was. It, it was. It was right a rainbow off. coalition that Chairman right Fred, on. before he made his transition, talked about. And the beautiful thing is that now, being on the air with my comrade, and a comrade is a word stronger than friend. I say, oh, that's my friend. But when I say that's my comrade, look out. Mm, that's right. Right, <laughs> right off. See, right. We, see, right see. Off. Hey, 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 listen, see. we're coming down. Yeah, about the Everybody talk- the last ten minutes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we're coming down to our last. We're coming down to our last. Listen, we're coming down to our last ten minutes, and I will be a miss. I'm sorry. Have you listen, we're, we're coming down. Marcus Moses Gabi, when he said Africa for all Africans, that's what we. That's right. That's right. African for Africans. African. He told us what the colors were for and what it means, and we cannot get out of our heart. If you're a revolutionary, you're too African. You never have the same thing. I read. That's right. That's right. Hey, right on. Hey, we're we're coming down to our last ten minutes, and I know what I'm gonna do because I have to give the other host, Sister Makita and Sister Shaka, uh, moments in their closing in their in their closing statements. But I, 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 I you say what? You said Sister Shaka, and Shaka, brother Shaka, brother. I thought I said Sister Makita and brother Shaka. Okay, I meant to say <laughs> nah, Sister Makita and Brother Shaka. Okay, I want to give 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 the other hosts an opportunity to close out. I want to say this in mind, definitely, um, man, this has been so high-powered. What I prayerfully, what I hope that can happen, is we can have shows with maybe a show coming up with individual guests because there's so much information, so much to share, so many questions I have, so much energy that just was contained that two hours was not enough to hold just such a high-powered council. So we may be reaching out. We're going to send Shaka to reach out. And we're going to reach out and try to get each and every one, probably individually or two at a time or something, so we can really benefit from this high-powered session. With that, I want to say to the listening audience, thank you again for letting us rock your eardrums on a Tuesday. Your boy Shaka, right. Yanga, Sister Makita coming at you. High-powered council, you know, going to check us. Listen. If they're again, if you're on the line and you're listening and you couldn't get your friend, tell them to go back, check the radio station. You can check us at Facebook, man. We got a page with the People's Black Panther Party for Self Determination. Check us out there. You can check out my page, Yango. You know, I do a little do to do. Check my man Shaka's out. Catch the live, yo. Drop it. Check Makita out and all that good thing. I'm going to end my piece and turn it over to Shaka, and I'm going to end like I always greet him. First of all, it's Wakusu. Wake up. 
clean up, king up, queen up, stand the hell up. All powers to oppress people. Africans power to an African people and black power. Shock, it's you, baby. Hey, I just want to say, first of all, I want to send a big shout-out to my uncle, Uncle Bullwhip, you know, for always keeping me in the right direction and putting me on. I want to send a shout-out to my, my elder, you know, my OG, Shabaka, Brother Shabaka Jajaga, for helping me put this all together, for reaching out to all the elders, you know, and bringing this all together. We appreciate y'all, and we can give you our word that, one, we are going to continue this work because we're going to get free. We are not going to let this one go down. And lastly, we want to set up, like the brother said, we can have more shows going forward. We would like to do a Zoom conference where we can get everybody in and really push this forward. And to the audience out there, thank you for the support as always. We love y'all. Rukusu, wake up, clean up, stand up, all powers to the people. Black power, free the land, free all political prisoners. Sister Makita. So um, I just want to say, like, this is this has been the best show ever. Uh, and I really feel like there was this, this great, you know, convergence of living political education going on. Um, right. And I, it was like, you know, just sitting at the feet. And I was like, you know, before Linda said something, I was thinking it would be so nice if we could get, you know, a couple of people at a time. And not just that, like, you know, just, just the individual so that you can soak it up and actually have more interaction from the outside as well because, like, y'all have so much to give. Y'all have so much to give, and there are so many people who need to, to hear it and be inspired and understand your journey and how you've seen it. And, you know, we'll, we'll pick it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's certain things, like, I heard so much tonight that just really – you know, reignited, and I'm I, I I think I stay on fire, but I you know at the same time you hear things that you know just light that fire under you some more or again and you know and add that you know that edge to it that makes you want to go out there and you know. Oh, did I mute? Wait a minute. Hey, what's Makita? I think I accidentally hit. The, oh man, did I hit the system? I think I didn't accidentally. You had, yeah, you muted me, I think. Yeah, okay. Okay, there you go. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Yeah, but I was just saying, you know, that that whole fire has been, you know, intensified by this council this evening, and I appreciate so much your service and your, your sacrifice, everything, you know, that you put, that you put forth in the past, and all that you are worth in the present, you know, every bit, all the wealth of knowledge that you are in the present. Um, and I love you. I love you. And I, I, I feel, you know, I know that I can never really feel your pain, but I feel your pain through your words. I feel your pain through, you know, your being able to express it and you have it lived. And you finally, you know, you, you having this ability, I don't mean to say finally, but you having this ability to express it in a place that, you know, where people can hear you and appreciate the struggle that you've been through. And I wish you healing also. Because that's a, you know, that's a piece that we don't really 
we don't really address and we don't really get to address, uh, you know, a reconciling of all of the things that have happened to us and being able to lay that down somewhere and really know that, you know, it's going to be understood and then somebody's going to be inspired by it and still, you know, decide to pick up fight, pick up that struggle and keep it moving. I appreciate you so much. I can't say it enough. And I love you, Uhuru. All right. With that, man, we'll catch y'all. Uh, we'll catch y'all. Catch y'all next Tuesday. Check us out. All right.